today. Happy Monday. Welcome to the fifth episode of Maya's Music Motive. For those that don't know, my name is Maya and this is my motive. Welcome back. Um, I hope everyone had a great last week and an even better start to this week. Uh, For those of you that watched the last episode or listened to the last episode, you know that I had a surprise for you, which is that I'd be coming back a week later instead of my normal two-week schedule. So I am back already. Hope you miss me. Uh, But before we get into why I'm back so soon, I just wanted to do a really quick short announcement For those that don't know or you may know, I have a Kickstarter going on for Motive just to raise some money for marketing supplies, for audio supplies. You know, headphones are expensive. A nice Shure 7B mic for my audio friends is very expensive as well. So that's been doing really well. We're up to an 80% raised rate. So um, thank you so much. And I feel very grateful to say that. But this is about to end in four days from today when this is coming out. So we have a little bit of a ways to go and not that much time to do it. So if you see the posts on my socials, if you see it on the Kickstarter when I share, it's also in the link in my show notes. Please share. Please send to anyone you may think would donate. The littlest amount goes the longest way. And I'm very, very grateful. And then going along with that, um, every person that donates a minimum of like $5, I uh, highlight them and say their name in the show. So I have another group of names for us today. I'm just going to do like five and just list them in no specific order. So the first one is Isabella Jackson. Hi, Issa. How are you? Thank you for donating. The second one is Jennifer Abrams. Hi, Jen. Thank you for donating. The third one is Janine Simmons. Hi, Janine. How are you? Thank you for donating. The fourth one is Russell Cornis. Hi, Russell. Thank you so much for your donation. And the last one is Miss Amanda Senegal. Thank you so, so much, all of you guys. I really appreciate the help and just appreciate you guys believing in me and believing in this podcast. And it's always just great to have people really see that they show support you in just so many different ways. So yeah, that's it for my spiel for that. Um, And then going back to why I'm here so soon and so recent um, from our last uh, episode being released is I only did one side of a topic, which was music and film. And we we went pretty long just because there's so much to talk about, you know, when you're combining two different forms of entertainment and um, sound to video and, you know, putting in film. But you know, there's a whole other side of film that we didn't get to talk about. So I have my lovely co-host, like my double up co-host, Brandy Stevens with me today. Everyone say hi to Brandy. Hello, Brandy. How you doing Hello, today? Hello, Maya and friends. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing good. Hopefully everyone else that is listening is doing good. Well, you did so good on the first one. I thought it would be fun to bring you back and do a part two. Push it a little further. You know what? You know. <laughs> Thank you. I had a great time on the first part. Um, everyone gave such great feedback. Thank you, guys, friends and family and guests and listeners. Thank you. I think we had so much fun last time. i um, really happy to be back for the second one. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like she said, you guys are always giving really good feedback and criticism or just like praise and everyone that like I did get feedback from. They're like, oh, my God, like Brandy did so good. She knows so much. You guys don't know so much. And I was like, well, I'm glad glad to know that our degrees are going into going into work. So I thought I'd bring you back right. and that part do some heavy lifting with me. But um, just to give an introduction for those that didn't hear last time. Uh, Brandy is a University of Miami graduate in the film and communications programs. She is a director, a writer, a UM Cheer alum, and she's currently working on the production side of film sets for TV, 
film, reality TV as well, some other projects in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and I'll let you talk about yourself too, because you can probably do a much better bio than that. But yeah, take it away. But that's that's just a little intro, a little little taste. No, Maya did a good job again. That's about me. Um, I am working in Atlanta in production. I currently am working for a new Apple TV show. I cannot tell you what it is. It's secret, top secret TV show coming out soon. I'm working on that right now, and I'm also working on my own projects, um, writing and directing. I'm doing a short film, and we are in, like I said, pre-production still. We're moving along. There will be a launch for that soon. Be on the lookout. Yeah. And one thing about Brandy is that she doesn't like to share when she's doing something super cool and fun. So I will name a few projects that she's been on for her since she doesn't like telling people. (laughs) I do not. But if you want to watch some of Brandy's work, you can tune in to Judge Steve Harvey on ABC. She also has a movie coming out. Well, not her specifically, but she worked on a movie coming out on Lifetime with um, Raven Goodwin and Amber Riley and Kate Michelle is the starring cast. So she's doing she's doing big girl stuff out here. She just doesn't tell anybody. So then all of a sudden she starts naming things and you look at her like she's crazy. And then she's like, what? So she's definitely doing really dope things. And her movie impressions is amazing. I've been a fan of it for a really long time. So I'm excited to see it come out and for me to definitely use all of my social media to promote it. But, you know, going past the intro. Now I know you guys are like, why are these two back already? Feeling, filling my car, filling my speakers with all of this chatter. Well, for those that don't know, we talked about music and film, um, specifically on the movie side, not on another side that I will highlight. And we realized when we were planning it out that we had a lot, lot of topics, a lot of bandwidth, a lot of things to cover. So we thought, why not split it up into two different sides of film and kind of show how music really is influenced in both of them, which led to music and film and now music and television. So today's motive is music and television, which I'm very excited about because I'm definitely like a TV soundtrack kind of like geek. I mean, I think movie and movie like movie and music is like super dope, but definitely I think I kind of noticed there was something special about like film music when really I started seeing it in like different Netflix shows, definitely sh- shows on streaming, things that were also on network television, but yeah, Brandy, if you ever really notice anything special about music and TV, I'd love to hear you share just like back in the day, it can be yes or no. But you know, I like to hear input about like how things influence you prior to getting your degree and really having your eyes open and like an academic light. You know, honestly, I never paid attention to music in television specifically. I would at least I've never been a big music person in general, but at least with movies, I felt like I was listening to the music or I didn't know what I was listening to, but I was at least paying attention to it. I don't feel like growing up, I felt like there was any really good music in television. Like, it, nothing caught my eye or caught my attention. Um, it wasn't until recently, I feel like with streaming services and the new wave of television actually putting in real attention to detail and work in television um, with these like limited series and like these eight to 10 episode um, seasons they have the ability to really focus and spend time on each episode. And I think that's helped the music because I I didn't notice that before. I think it's definitely something new coming around. I would definitely have to agree with you there. Like, I think the big thing about music and television was probably like the theme song, if anything, like they put so much work and money into making a really good theme song for shows, especially like sitcoms back in the day. So like you said, I think with streaming services and limited series being 
cut down so much in the content and making sure it's more high quality versus just like a big volume of episodes that like the music is definitely getting a lot more attention and a lot more of a bigger budget. But um, just before we kind of dive into some of the shows we're going to be discussing, I'm going to rehash a topic that I talked about in the last episode, just kind of explaining how like music in a visual space is really utilized or really interpreted. So one thing you can do is commission an original score. I'm going to bring up Hans Zimmer again, just because I think he's a great example. Another example is Elliot Wheeler, who I'll talk about a little bit later on. Usually this is kind of done in the form of orchestration. It's an original work that's composed or arranged by usually someone with like a very, very high end classical degree. Um, and we think of movies like Jaws and Jurassic Park when we um, and Star Wars when we think of things that are usually have a score with the composition. Also a lot of Disney. And then next, we usually have something that's like an original creative work is what I call it, which is when a label or a certain artist will kind of take on a project and have a lot of artists write original songs for the project. A great example of this is The Great Gatsby and Black Panther, which we talked about in the last episode. And today we're going to highlight the final example, which is sync licensing or music supervision, where the music supervisors really handle picking, hand selecting each song or each little interlude that is going to be placed in the show and then placed usually on a playlist or a soundtrack. But I'll dive into that in just a moment. So really with music supervision, it's... Basically, someone I, I looked up the Berkeley EDU, which if you don't know, Berkeley is like one of the best music schools in the country. They had a great definition that I thought I'd just read off, but it says music supervisors artfully select and license pre-existing songs and recordings for use in movies, television shows, and video games. So essentially, their job is to kind of pick out what songs they're looking at and then go meet with the labels, meet with whoever they have to, and meet with the music publisher, most uh, most importantly, and pick out every song that can hopefully be approved and give a certain amount of money to have that use place in their show. So i.e. if you want um, a Lana Del Rey song placed in an episode of Euphoria, they would go to Lana's publisher. Um, a publisher is companies like ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, um, and they pay to have the lyrics interpolated, and then they would go to Lana's label. I think it's just an endoscope. I can't promise I'm correct with that. And then they pay to have the music or the sound recording, which is known in like industry terms, placed in the show. You put both together, you have the right to the song. So that's the most easiest way I can explain that in the shortest amount of time. But yeah, so you come from two different places and then you combine it to make a nice sandwich of a song and then some important music supervisors out right now that definitely did some really cool stuff um in the last couple of years um people like amanda craig thomas who is sort of ryan murphy's muse worked on all, a lot of his shows like pose ratchet hollywood halston another thing that's really cool is all of those are period pieces ironically so she definitely is really good with placing songs from each era in the shows maggie phillips who did shows like snowfall and the handmaid's tale um and Derek big tank thornton who works a lot with um 50 on his shows like Power, Ghost, Power Book 2. And he's also done The Shy, which is not a 50 Cent show, but I also thought that was a cool highlight. So now that I've gotten all that educational mumbo jumbo out the way, let's move on to the fun stuff, which is talking about the shows. So our first show we're going to be discussing, I will let Brainy introduce just kind of a quick premise of like what the show's about, who's in it, you know, who created it. So yeah, you can take it away. So our first show we're going to discuss is Insecure, created by one of my favorites, I think one of all all of our favorites, um, Issa Rae. She is a creator, a writer, an actress, a producer. She does it all. I think she's directed a few episodes. On the show, if you haven't seen the show, which I feel like most people have because it's one of the biggest shows on HBO right now um, that just finished its last season, 
It's about Issa, uh, who's playing Issa D, and her and her best friend, Molly, as they navigate um, being young in their early 30s, late 20s in LA, um, just day-to-day life. And I think what people really like about it is it's one of the only Black shows we have out right now where it's just Black people just living life. It's no, tra- it's not traumatic. There's no crazy plot lines going on. It's just Black women and Black people living life and just being people. And some of it's about them being Black. Some of it's just about them being them and just being people. It's not, they're not confined to this stereotype. So it's really great. And what's really good about Insecure is the music. And I'll let Maya talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So just chiming in from where she picked uh, left off, like she said, um, Insecure is a really great show just about black life in Los Angeles and just about, you know, a group of young people really kind of navigating what it's like to sort of have this transition in life and to just switch different chapters. I feel like every season of the show is kind of a different chapter, but the music definitely does a great job just narrating what I guess like a black life in um, Inglewood, California would be like. Like, I think they do a great job selecting the songs um, of the mostly R&B and hip hop artists um, in their lineup. Also, they do a great job coordinating a little bit of original works as well. Like most of the show is coordinated by a music supervisor. Their supervisor is Kira Lehman, who does an excellent job. But along with that, they have some artists actually do sort of a theme song for each season or a couple songs that are original. Good examples of this is the song Insecure which is kind of like theme song that came out, I want to say season one or two, which is by Jasmine Sullivan and Bryson Tiller. And then another great one that I really liked was called A Little More Time by Lucky Day and Victoria Monet. And along with that, they do a great job really bringing in artists that are more up and coming, mostly in soul music or R&B. Great examples of that is Moses Sumney, who had a actual different version of Plastic, which is like probably his most well-known song, actually changed and chopped and screwed, I guess is the way I'll say. Like it sounds like the original on his album, but they definitely deconstructed it to fit the scene a lot better. Cleo Soul was actually on the last episode of the show, period. And the song they selected for her, I want to say they did Rose in the Dark, but it was just a great moment to have on the show. And it's just good to see someone that's a little bit more under the radar, a little bit more underrated, get placed on like a really big sing. And then another great artist they've had is Kirby. I think they've had a couple of Kirby songs. For those who don't know, Kirby is a soul singer from Mississippi and she's amazing and I love her. But yeah, um, they definitely help people like that really get on the radar and really get a lot more fans and listeners from a sync um, on that show since so many people watch it. And like Brandy said, it's probably one of the biggest shows that was on TV for like a good five to six years. So it definitely like made waves in terms of like a lot of music artists getting their break and a lot of people also just like opening up their horizons uh, just to different music and different artists that you don't really hear on the radio or you may not know just from mainstream exposure. But um, Brandy, I had a couple questions for you in Insecure. Um, what do you think, if you can remember your favorite like music moment from Insecure or like any artists that you feel like you learned from the show or anything that you can like just recollect from any of the episodes? Honestly, I can't think of any specific artist or song. What caught my attention with Insecure is that I liked the music, but I didn't know who it was. So that told me it was somebody new. So I knew that um, a lot of new uh, smaller artists were being their music was being put on the show because I didn't I like the music and I knew it was my style because I like R and B Maya knows that um, but I didn't know any of the people I didn't know the songs I didn't recognize them so either I would have to Shazam it and see that 
or I'd have to see ask you or Tori, Tori, if you're listening, hello. Um, our friend Tori um, is very good with music as well. So he would be able to tell me. But um, yeah, I can't think of anything specifically, to be honest. But great R&B music, I will say. And rap. I think um, just kind of co-signing from that one moment. This was like all the way in the first season where like, I think it's a moment where like she, not to give a little bit of a spoiler, but like she, Lawrence finds out that she cheated on him and like he like storms out the apartment and she like cries on the floor. And I think like right after the scene where she's kind of like coping with being alone, that's when they played Plastic by Moses Sumney. Granted, now he's one of my favorite artists, but that's the first time I ever heard him in like, I want to say 2018. So it was really Insecure that introduced me to him. And now I'm like such a big fan of his work. So I definitely owe them a lot of credit. And then another question that I had just really from just a filmmaker standpoint is like, do you think Insecure and Issa, I know you said you liked her, just has had an impact on you being like a filmmaker of color, being a black female filmmaker. Like, do you really think it's good to have someone like her really making waves in just entertainment in general now? Because she's crossed so many different boundaries at this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, Pretty sure most people know about Issa's story. But just as a filmmaker in general, for me, it's incredible to see anybody, um, black, whatever, um, anyone who had their stuff on YouTube who was just writing and creating their own web series on YouTube. And now they have an HBO show that they are the showrunner of and the executive producer of. Um, that's insane. Actually, I think Prentice Penny is a showrunner, but Issa is the executive producer. Um, and that's insane coming from YouTube. So anybody can see that. I know how hard it is uh, to make independently make your own projects in general. So to see that coming from a black woman is insane. So now that she see her on HBO and not just that, she has movies out. I, she's um, doing other projects. She's got so much going on. Um, she's really an inspiration to all filmmakers, all creators, um, whether that's content creation, filmmaking, just being a self-starter. Because that's the hardest part about filmmaking is doing it yourself. You have no guidance. You're just putting out your content, hoping that someone sees it, hoping that you're doing the right thing, hoping you're putting it on the right platforms. And it worked out for her. So it gives hope that it can work out for more of us. So that's good. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, And then transitioning to our next show, another show that I will... I'm going to say we're going to kind of go into like Ryan Murphy world um, with these next two shows. But the and Brandy's doing this little thing with her hands because she loves Ryan Murphy. I, I also love, love Ryan, Ryan Murphy. Murphy. He's he's fantastic. But um, the next show, the next show that I wanted to talk about is one that's very special to a lot of people. Um, it definitely like was a big happy surprise and definitely made a lot of waves just in like both television and like music and just like pop culture in general it's a show called pose which is on fx which is one of the channels that ryan murphy does a lot of work with and goes back and forth with well i think he transitioned over to netflix but this is before he started working for netflix um specifically so yeah it's a show um themed in the late 1980s to early 1990s that's talking about black and brown people in the lgbtqia plus community in new york city um kind of amid the aids epidemic but also just specifically in the ballroom community at the time and just highlighting a specific group of individuals the main character's name is Blanca and she's a house mother and she has like a family and it's really about that family dynamic and then about her best friend Praytel and how he plays into the family it's really like a big big family that's very chaotic and kind of like self-destructive sometimes but each little family has their pods of like 
sort of immediate family. So it's kind of like how you have an extended family and then you have your immediate family. Blanca's immediate family is the main characters, but then there's a lot of characters that surround them. But um, honestly, I just think the music in it was fantastic. One, because each season, there's three seasons, it takes place in a specific year and the years jump. So it starts in 1998. And I mean, not 1998, 1988. And then it goes to 1990 and finishes in 1994. So each year of music really is in the year that they're in. So all the songs you heard in 88, it's going to be like uh, Evelyn Champagne's Love Come Down, which was out in 1988. And then 1990 was Vogue by Madonna. So that's really the big song that they pushed for that year. Um, but there's also a lot of good highlights like All Right by Janet Jackson and Heavy D. And then 1994, you see a lot more of like the new Jack Swing songs come in, like songs by like Belle Biv DeVoe, a little bit of New Edition, a little bit of rap. So you definitely can see how like music in a black community or music in a community that listens to a lot of hip hop and R&B and pop really started to change with time. So it's kind of like, as these characters are growing, so is the music. Um, also, I think it did a great job like pulling a lot of younger audiences just because it was something new and something we hadn't seen before along with older audiences because like it's the music that they listened to uh, back in the day in the 80s. Like it's kind of how Brandy talks about her mom, like listening to the music that was in Love and Basketball. Like I think it's the same thing with my mom and the music that's imposed. And when we watched it together, she knew like almost every song that was in every single episode. So I think that's one reason why it really kind of clicked for her with the storyline. But yeah, that I know it's a really quick premise. <laughs> but we, we got a lot to cover, but Brandy, if you have any favorite just any moments from the show in general um or any like music moments that you can think of i'd love to hear and then i'll share a little bit of my favorites as well and then we can go to your next show musically i want to say this is the uh, most cliche answer but i definitely when they started playing madonna's vogue <laughs> i'm talking about vogue again i talked about it last episode i'm going to talk about it again sorry it's it's not the 90s i have to talk about it I remember them talk. It was a big deal on the show, wasn't it? Like they were because, um, yeah, it was Madonna. This white woman is getting credit for Vogue and voguing when um, the black LGBTQ community had been doing this for for how, however long, you know. And now she's getting attention. But I thought that it was a really good episode. And then there was like that back and forth, like, well, at least she's, um, you know, she's bringing attention to us. So it was just that back and forth. I thought that was an interesting conversation. Uh, but there's some really good music in Pose. I still have to finish the season. I have to finish the last season. But um, a favorite moment of mine is actually in season one. I think that was the one time I might have teared up was when um, she gets the pair of red shoes. Oh, when Angel gets those uh, red <laughs> shoes for Christmas. <laughs> when Angel gets the pair of red shoes for Christmas, that was oh my gosh <laughs> that was that was a hard one oh, it was so beautiful um for christmas and yeah i that was definitely my favorite moment on the show um po i love ryan murphy maya knows i love ryan murphy so i can talk about ryan murphy forever but i won't we're gonna go talk about ryan murphy <laughs> well you know what i can because we're gonna talk about the next show as i talk about ryan murphy we're gonna talk about one of my favorite shows glee <laughs> next time on Glee. <laughs> um, Glee is one of my favorite shows. That is also a Ryan Murphy production. It is about a group of high school students who are an acapella group um, for their Glee club. And it's with Amber Riley. It's got Leah Michelle. Ryan knew what he was doing when he was picking the vocalists for this cast. They are so good. Um, Maya, talk a, bit, a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, Glee is a phenomenon. I don't have a better, I don't have like another word to describe it. Like I just remember 
one year in like fifth grade, all of these girls, like all of the cool girls in my grade were always talking about like, did you watch Glee last week? And I did not. I actually jumped in on season two. And the first episode I saw was the episode where they did all Britney Spears songs. And then they had Britney on the show. And it's funny because like one of the characters who's played by Heather Morris, she, her name's Britney and her last name is Spears. So her, the episode was Britney as Spears and they like, they do a lot of collaboration um, in that episode. But yeah, it's a show that's mostly done by covers. Like it's kind of the course of the show is narrated by everyone singing different covers. It's about five to seven. I want to say every episode of the six seasons there was. And that's important because in terms of doing the syncing for this, you have to get a compulsory license and a compulsory license is letting people that record a cover of a song. So like, let's say they want to do Wrecking Ball by my Miley Cyrus, um, they would record the cover of Wrecking Ball, get the license to sell the song, and then they sold the song on iTunes. And then Glee took up the Billboard Hot 100 for like three to four years of it being on air. Like literally when you would see the charts on Monday, it was just like Glee, 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 Glee all over the place. And it was hilarious because it definitely was shaking up the music industry. Like even the industry had to kind of pay attention because they're like, what are all of these songs on this Fox show that's like taking all of our spots? So I think that's just a cool thing that, you know, highlight and yeah. It's just a great show for, I think, a lot of the identities we had never seen before in terms of teenagers on television. It was a primetime Fox show. It was a show that I think definitely kind of set the standard for how like outrageously campy a lot of television would be in the 2000, like the 2010s. And it was definitely like a great example of just like representation, um, great storyline writing for the most part, um, a lot of diversity in terms of the cast. Yeah, Glee's great. But yeah, what's your, who's your favorite character on Glee? That's what I want to know first. I can't say it. Yes, you can. I can't, <laughs> I can't say it. Who is it? Who is it? Is it bad? <laughs> I like Rachel Berry. Oh, no. <laughs> That's... I didn't say... I... Why? I'm not... We're not going to discuss their real life uh, people, actors. I'm not yeah. even going to discuss the real life people. You don't have We're to. We're going to discuss the characters. Okay. I like Rachel Berry. I feel that she gives a riveting performance every time she steps on the stage. And you know she does. And that's the thing, is that you know she does. You you, you don't have to like her, but you know she's going to put out a performance every single time. You're going to start crying every time. My man. I don't want to talk about my man. Don't rain on my parade. I don't want to talk about that either. Excellent. And you know it. Yeah, it is. Excellent. God, like, I just think about it. And I'm going to have to watch it after this show because it's that good. That's what we'll name and the episode this it. time. That's what we'll name it this time. Excellent. Like, Ex- excellent. It's excellent. I was eight. <laughs> They're gonna be like, they need to shut I up. Was eight. <laughs> I mean, no. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but on a real note, no, yes, I do. I really like Rachel Berry. Um, I love Darren Chris and I like him on everything. I like him on Gianni Versace. I like him on um, Glee. I think Darren Chris is an amazing actor. Um, He's one of my favorites. Um, but Maya is right. They really st- they really upped the camp for Glee. Glee is very camp. It's very fun. I wish, I honestly, like I wish I had watched this while I was in high school. I watched it. I want to say I started it in like 2019. I started like way after it was over. Um, and I wish I had watched it. Maybe it would have told me that I wanted to do filmmaking and things like that. Because this show was the first show I watched where the students wanted to be like artists. I usually, that's not usually what you see in a high school show, usually, unless you're watching High School Musical, I guess. <laughs> but I had never seen like a bunch of students uh, like in the arts before. And that was really cool for me. So I got to watch 
you know, Rachel wants to be on Broadway. Some of them want to be singers. Some of them want to be actors. And like, I thought that was really cool because that's kind of what I want to do now. It would have been nice to have seen that growing up and saw like, oh, that is possible. There's a whole group of students who did that right there, even though it's TV. But yeah, I love really, I love Glee, love Ryan Murphy. It's a win for me. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to highlight too because I, besides like fame, and I, I mean, th- they had the fame like, a reboot when we were like kids but i didn't i didn't see fame fame with like debbie allen and them until i was like 2021 20, so really to see a group of teenagers that actually like were fully pursuing their dreams of being artists and being creatives and there was a big group of them all doing this was honestly like pretty dope to see and i didn't i didn't even think about that being a good point until you just said it and then i of course i have to name my favorite favorite character because i i'm not gonna like not mention her um, for those that know me know, like, I love Naya Rivera, just all around. I just love Naya Rivera, makes you rest in power. But Santana Lopez was everything. She is everything. Like, either you love her or you or you love to hate her. And she's so great. And she was just, she's. I can't stand her. She's amazing. She's the standard for just, like, just first, like, she's that girl. She's in that scene where she's fighting with Rachel and she's like, I didn't even have to work that hard and have like my two dads taking me to voice lessons and I'm still as good as you and I'll always be better than you. And Rachel slaps her in the face. I'm like, but she's right. Like, she <laughs> didn't have to try and she was fantastic. And I was like, talk about main character energy. Like, that's Santana. She is main character energy. Plus, like, she is just having like a prime time storyline of like a coming out story at that time like that was one of the first ones i ever seen and that was just also really refreshing to see that's also yeah. what i just like about ryan murphy in general is i was i forgot who i was telling this to but what ryan murphy does really beautifully is he doesn't center people's stories about their identities um he'll put a black character an asian character a uh, gay lesbian whatever he um character he's gonna put and that's not their whole storyline that's just a part of who they are they just happen to be that and that's really refreshing to see that you can just put people in these riveting storylines with these really interesting characters and their whole plot line their storyline their character arc is not about them being gay or them being black or them being asian it just happens that's just part of their identity and they go through these other things and I feel like that's what he does he just places these diverse people in parts and then says go and that's what I like I really like what he he does it on everything on Hollywood which I love if you haven't seen Hollywood on Netflix it's so good Hollywood's amazing great job in Hollywood um Ratchet was great oh he just does so much in all his shows but yeah love him even Screen Queens, like we don't, mm-hmm. people don't like to remember Screen Queen, Screen Queens because season two was a little weird. But like Screen Queens was hilarious. Also, like we got to see Ariana Grande. I, I, I always, I never use her last name anymore because she's my friend. But we got to see Ariana Grande act probably for one of the first or last times prior to like now. So thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Okay, on to the next show. <laughs> That's enough banter. Um, but the next show I want to talk about, this was really just kind of my selfish decision making because a lot of people don't know about the show, which makes me sad, but it's okay. It's a show that came out on Netflix around 2016 and it is a Baz Luhrmann project. I think it's Baz's only Netflix project because it took a lot of work and he doesn't know how to not make a completely beautiful, gorgeous, detailed movie into six or seven shows without like dying it down a bit. But 
The show that I'm talking about is called The Get Down. Just to give a little bit of premise, The Get Down is a show um, describing the story of basically how hip hop came to be in the Bronx in the late 1970s into the early 1980s. It's really talking about how disco was really the moment and then hip hop was kind of underground and really happening in a different part of New York while disco was like everything in Manhattan. And it's a story about... um, Zeke and then a girl named Mylene who's like his love interest and how they're navigating just being like teenagers in the Bronx and also really they're doing their separate things with music and uh just the three like different highlights of hip-hop um one is like Shaolin Fantastic who's like Zeke's mentor and then Cool Herc who was actually a real person is one person in a different area than Grandmaster Flash is like their mentor and then another one but yeah so this is just a story of kind of the come up of hip-hop and it we didn't get to see the full story because unfortunately it was canceled but it's got a lot of great actors um it has Justice Smith it also has Jaden Smith, aka Will Smith's son, which was really cool. Um, it has Harrison Guardiola. Um, yeah, just a really, really great cast, and they just all did a great job. It also has Billy Porter in it for like one episode, and then he dies. It's really random, but it makes sense because Ryan Murphy. Anyway, I did not know that. So I know he's in one episode. He's a he's a DJ, and he gets shot in the club, and then he's gone. I didn't even realize it until I watched it again like a couple years later. Um, that was like one of the first. I have not seen the show. I have not seen the show. I probably should watch. It's it. okay. I'll let it go this time. But yeah, so let's get into the music. Yeah, so the get down has a lot of lot of layers because they have a score that was done by Elliot Wheeler Wheeler. Um, and he did a fantastic job. And there's the it's mostly orchestrations that go along underneath some of the songs in the show. Sometimes it's just the score in the show. And then they also did a lot of original songs where they did like either a mashup of two songs that already existed or did originals like Losing Your Mind, which is a Jaden Smith song, Set Me Free, which Harrison uh, sang in an episode, or a song by the pop singer Grace, um, which is actually the love theme of the song. It's called Just You, Not Now. And an example of the mashups are You Can't Hide, which is actually a mashup of a Teddy Pendergrass song and Zayn, aka Zayn Malik from One Direction. This was when Zayn was being an R&B singer and he was like in his prime at this time because he had released his debut album. So they had him come do a song with a get down and it was great. If You need to look, just listen to it. It's great. Um, another example is t- uh, Telepathy by Christina Aguilera and Niall Rogers, who's an amazing producer. He was also in the group La Chic, which was like huge in the 70s and 80s. And then they also have a lot of synced artists like Earth, Wind & Fire, The Temptations, Quincy Jones, The Rolling Stones, Chic. So just a lot of music that was just on the radio. Like um, they do a lot of Donna Summer because one of the characters like wants to be Donna Summer and that's like her idol. So that's my favorite synced artist that they have. And there's also a lot of covers. So it's just a culmination of like every little thing you could possibly put in a TV show with music. They did it. They wrote stuff. They composed stuff. They synced stuff. They covered stuff. Like they really just had like a complete storyline in the music and it's beautiful and it's probably like my favorite musical work in a movie or a television show ever so that's why i wanted to talk about it but please go watch the get down and please find one of those random petitions on the internet asking to bring it back on some channel because i really miss it but anyway i'm gonna let brainy jump back in and introduce our next show which has been making waves in like every aspect of life if you're if you have a phone or if you have a child or a teenager that talks way too much so yeah you, you go ahead and introduce our final show for the day. Yes, we all know our favorite show on Twitter is Euphoria. Great show starring Zendaya. Um, just amazing and re- like revo- really revolutionary um, 
with TV. Just like what I was talking about earlier, saying how this new wave of television is so different from how it used to be. Like my favorite shows growing up were like Friends. I love Grey's Anatomy. Even then it was the like, I wanna say 24 episode. And when you have that many episodes in one season, you physically cannot put as much production value and just energy into one episode as you can versus with the euphoria or any like of the newer shows on television that are like eight to 10 episodes. So they really, really put so much production value into each episode and you can tell. Um, as most people know, this whole season, season two, was shot on film. And I love things shot, I love using film. I love when things are shot on film. And you can tell, it just, I, I don't like shooting on, I, I would hate, I don't really like shooting on digital. I don't want to shoot on digital, but it's really hard shooting on film. It's just like, it's so crazy expensive and it's hard to find and it's hard to develop. The fact that they're shooting an entire television season on film is insane to me. Um, and they're doing a great job. The cinematography, is like like HBO in general has great cinematography. Insecure has great cinematography, um, and Euphoria is probably the best television cinematography that I've, I've ever seen. I agree. I want to say, um, and the music, obviously, mm -hmm. the music is why we're here, and the music of this show is fantastic. So Maya, yeah, I'll do the fun music educational part, but yeah, I also just want to say that like Euphoria, I think it's past Twitter, like. I mean, I know you don't use TikTok. You can't go on TikTok like on a Sunday night or Monday morning without seeing like every little thing being like interpreted about Euphoria. It goes from TikTok. It goes. It's it has news articles. Like I'll see it on Google. And, like the New York Times will be writing about it. I think people's parents are just learning about it just because like we don't shut up about it. Like I, I know my mom knows about it. And I'll just be like, "This happened on Euphoria," and she's like, "Why do you watch this type of television?" Because it's good and because the storylines are immaculate and maybe it's excellent. It's so Michelle. good. Yep. Yeah, Michelle, watch it. I'm, she's going to watch it one day and she's going to be horrified. But it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm just going to tell everybody right now if you haven't seen it, it's a lot. It, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mind boggling experience, but amazing. Um, but going into the music, I think, well, first, there's a very specific person I want to highlight. Well, first, the supervisor of the show is Jen Malone. Shout out to Jen. Jen, you're doing your thing, girl. And then second of all, um, there's an artist, a recording artist out of the UK, but he was brought in to compose basically all of the original score works that is done in Euphoria. And it's done in a very modern light. Instead of doing a lot of orchestrations, they do everything really just kind of like a big album and there's a lot of like sound bites there's a lot of like things he put together uh, they're almost like kind of like miniature songs and they show up all across the first season and they get put in the second season there's a lot of new ones that are being done but his name is labyrinth if you don't know labyrinth look up labyrinth he just has great music in general with like uh sam smith uh he has great albums on his own but he put together like a whole story line of just sounds like even some of the characters have theme songs like there's a character named nate who's the antagonist to the protagonist who's rue which is zendaya's character and he has his own theme song that like everyone knows just because like every time he's on screen they are playing that same song like the people that put the editing together just did a great job with the consistency of like very specific characters having very specific just music around them even in terms of the genre even in terms of like just transitions and like storyline it's it's great and labyrinth did an amazing amazing job putting that together he also got zendaya to sing and i think that's fantastic because she don't she, she doesn't sing like that anymore <laughs> um but yeah moving on to some of the sync 
highlights. I want to talk about season two, episode one, because there was a really great moment where like Rue's in, the, I don't want to spoil anything, but Rue's in the back of a car singing Hit Him Up by Tupac. For those that don't know, it is so hard to get any Tupac syncs like on a show. It's really expensive because he's like one of the biggest rappers ever and he always will be, but hit him up specifically since this is the diss track that was directed towards Biggie Smalls um, after his wife, his then wife, uh, Faith Evans, like hung out with Tupac in LA because, you know, the whole West Coast versus East Coast thing was very alive and well at the time. So hit him up is like, it, it, it's a very controversial song. It's a very cult classic song. It's probably one of the most popular most famous rap songs of all time and they got it and it was cool because like rue was singing to it but then later on the show you see rue's love interest jules have a biggie song in the background of her scene which is really interesting because then you kind of see the whole west coast versus east coast dynamic and the two aren't getting along at the time so you kind of see that there's a little bit of tension and then also i saw someone say that kind of like they're like a romeo versus juliet type of vibe where like they're forbidden lovers and they got a lot of toxic stuff going on, which also is funny because their names is Rue and Jules. I didn't realize that till just now. Sam, Sam be thinking. Anyway, <laughs> Sam Levi seems to be thinking sometimes. Anyway, but yeah, so it was great to see like those two rappers in a single episode. There was also a DMX reference in that show. And altogether, I think the music supervisor on Twitter was like, yeah, I pulled 31 songs for one episode. Granted, most movies don't even have 31 songs in a soundtrack. So for him, for I think it was a guy that said this, but for him and Jen to pull 31 songs for one episode of an eight episode season means they're probably pulling about 250 songs for the whole season. Excellence, art and craft. I don't know what else to say. It's, it's, it's mind boggling, especially when you figure out the process of like having to go through and get everything like process and get everything approved like shout out to them and they they definitely deserve their flowers with like all the amazing visionaries that are on euphoria so yeah but most important question i know your favorite character but who's your tell the people your favorite character on euphoria and why and if you had any music moments that you remember Mm, i like all i love all the characters the character that i feel like i relate to the most is lexi I feel the weird, every, you're kind of normal, but everyone else is chaotic and spiraling all around you. And you're just watching from the sidelines. I see that. And also how she, if you've seen the most recent episode, um, I want to say it was season, episode three of season two, where she imagines herself um, as, a te- as she's living in a television show and she's the, like the director. And that's literally how I live life most of the time is I imagine that I'm in a movie and uh, every day is a different kind of movie. Uh, so I see just no presence just no I'm not present I'm not present half the time everyone knows that and it's because I'm (laughs) because I'm imagining that's that's great (laughs) I'm not here I'm really not and it's (laughs) because I'm usually like imagining myself in some kind of movie scheme and that's literally what Lexi does so that's my favorite character but every character has something interesting about them I love Maddie's style Cassie yeah Cassie is just so interesting about the way her mind works when she to please men. I think that's interesting, not good. No, interesting. Yes. Um, Rue just stop doing drugs. <laughs> like, there's just so much to say. But my favorite uh, every episode, every season, I have a favorite episode. The first season, my favorite episode by hands down was it. Carnival episode. Oh, I knew you were gonna say some that. people. Some people didn't like it. I it thought was that was so brilliant. It was brilliant. It was so brilliant. You put there was so much that happened at one event, like so much that unraveled. Cassie's over here 
Cassie's masturbating, having an orgasm on the on the on the um on the merry-go-round. On the merry-go-round, Jules and Rue are uh, figuring out that it's Nate's dad. Maddie showed up in that little outfit, and Nate choked her. Like, come on! Yeah, this happened in one hour. All this happened in one hour, and it was so good. And the cinematography was good. Shooting at the way they shot all that at the carnival, they really did that. Like, that's how you know this. There was a big budget on this movie and on this um, project because the fact that they didn't like none of this was green screen. This was they did this. They did the fireworks. They did the carnival, the rides, all of it. This is not a green screen. This is not um, post production. This is happening, and they did that. And I love. I wish I had big enough budget to do that. People did it all the time because that's my favorite thing is like shooting when you really created the space. And so they really, they did that for episode, I want to say it's episode four. Yeah, and my favorite episode of this season is the first one. They did a great job. Again, so much unraveling at that party scene. Cassie in the bathroom. Oh my God. The anxiety. The anxiety. I thought I was going to. I was screaming on the inside for Cassie. I felt like I was her. She's going to get a, um, a Golden Globe or an Emmy for that one, though, because her performance was incredible. Euphoria is doing the job. And yeah, I think just kind of like adding in my little thing, you covered it very well. But um, what one, Sydney Sweeney is, sis is doing her thing. Like, I know, I know Zendaya got her Emmy for last season. I really think it's one specific scene that really got her that, which is the scene where she's like, tweaking in front of fez fez is the drug dealer in the show in front of her door and she is going through i was like second i saw that i said that's a wrap but anyway um that was the scene that won her that's the what's that one favorite episode hmm i really like the i like the halloween scene in the halloween episode i don't know if i like the whole halloween episode is my favorite i really like the episode maybe the first one where you get to know all the characters just because like I love the party. I love how every little character has their specific highlight and you really just kind of get a vibe of like, there's a lot going on here. And it, it, I just mm-hmm. think it's a classic. Plus there's a music moment where they took a song from like the 1950s. I can't think of the specific song right now. Um, and then they like collided it with like hold up by Beyonce as the title screen, like where they showed euphoria. I know exactly I what you're that. talking about. Yeah. Oh, and it's, exactly and it's the sample that she used, but I'm like the, and I didn't even realize that was a sample until they played it. And I was like that, I was like, I like this. And I was like, that's amazing. And then my favorite, and I like this. I, I literally saw it. And I was like, I like this. I, I like that. <laughs> and then the scene, one of my favorite shots in terms of the cinematography is from the carnival episode where they show Rue and Jules walking with the fireworks popping out of their heads. And the music is playing like that carnival music with all those dun, horns. Dun, yes. And you see dun, all those fireworks. Dun, I'm like, that's dun. gorgeous. I listen to, I don't care. I listen to the carnival, the carnival score it's 10 minutes i listen to it sometimes well sh- that's another great way to highlight lab and he the score to the show that episode has its own specific like title track and it is 10 minutes long and it's excellent and they use it the whole time it's excellent the last song on the last episode the season finale last season was great when rue was doing that whole she Jules left, so when she's like losing, yeah, it. when she's losing it, that was great. That was labyrinth. The one where it's like the band and the people, yeah, it's like the choir. Everyone yeah. thought she died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all for us. Oh, all for us is that. That's my jam. Uh, yeah, she hit that. that. So good. And then this season, I think my favorite episode, favorite episode in terms of like the camera work and the the panning out and like all the camera stuff, definitely the first. 
that's gonna be hard to beat plus the songs like i don't know if i'm gonna have an episode where like i am not like fangirling over the music besides that one more so just because yeah. i heard tupac and i was like they didn't do this i know they didn't they did it and then and they did it and then the third episode in terms of the script i the monologues like cassie in the bathroom rue high as a kite singing call me i think that's a frank sinatra song but I love that. I love that scene, and everyone's gonna be like, "Yeah, Maya, that's why you're rude." And I don't need to hear that right now, guys. <laughs> that's why I didn't say my favorite character because that's not gonna help my brand right now. So it's if you not, didn't, if you need to know, it's, not it's Rue. Help. I love Rue. She's a chaotic mess. Like you can love someone and not agree with their decision making, and she's. It's just seeing her, seeing how like unprecedented and how just off the wall she is, but then also know she has a moral compass, which makes her you like dislike her even more. Yeah, she's, I, you know, Zendaya's that girl. And she's, Rue's great and terrible. She is. But yeah. What I do love about, um, I want to say, I know for sure it was in the first episode of season two. I, I'm sure it's in some other shots um, from other s- episodes, but I really am a fan of the one shot, you holding one shot and not cutting. Just the one shot. And they do that a lot. Um, they like track. I remember there's one shot where they were tracking Maddie as she was walking to the bathroom and she starts banging on the door. I love shots like that where they just stay in on one person and just track them. Um, if you've ever seen Goodfellas, I don't know if anyone's seen Goodfellas, there's like an iconic sequence, um, where they're walking, uh, the main character and his wife, they're walking into a restaurant and they're going to the back entrance and they're like in the mafia. So like, or the mob or whatever. So they get like special treatment and you they just hold the shot of them walking in and they greet everybody and they go to their table and it's just such a cool shot because it tracks them and I love shots like that and I feel like they did that a few times on this episode because it was a party scene so they were just like tracking everybody as they moved to the party and I thought that was yeah. really cool. Yeah, it, I'm excited. Also tonight is Euphoria because we're recording this on a Sunday. Yeah, so... <laughs> So people, we are actually kind of rushing to get off this so that we can see Euphoria on time. We should have seen the episode, the one about Euphoria, and we're going to watch Euphoria after. Anyway, but yeah. So just some wrap-up questions so that we can get this done and we can go watch Euphoria. Um, I guess <laughs> now that we've covered both sides and we've unpacked both sides, um, this is hard, but what do you think is your favorite soundtrack of all time? Like just between all, like all film, all projects that you've seen. It's probably for one of your favorite movies, but I'd be curious to know. That's such an open, you can't ask me that. It's like, ask me what's my favorite movie. And I can't answer that. But let me think. They all have such different, Maya, that's not a fair question. Give me, give me three. Three. Okay. Give me two to I'll three. I'll give you three. We'll do three. I really like 13 going on 30. It's just like my favorite just because the impact it had on me as a kid that was my first like really big um soundtrack i remember listening to in a movie so 13 going on 30 and then i'm also going to say glee because of the covers okay i used to sit there i I just used to sit there like it's hard to make covers in general and then you made this many covers and they're all like some of them better than the original like they're all quality covers like that's pretty that's awesome so glee and then third, we're just going to stick with it. And I'm going to say Love and Basketball. Oh, I think those are great choices. I'm going to say Love and Basketball. Um, I love how it went through time, 80s, 90s. And that's like 
when I feel like I should have been living, I feel like I was supposed to be born then. Therefore, I like that time period. Therefore, I like that soundtrack. So yes, that is one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, Love and Basketball is fantastic. Like when I saw what songs were on there, only thing they were missing to me is D'Angelo, but I'm also just impartial to D'Angelo. That was a miss. That was a miss. They could have added that. that. I was. Well, Brown Sugar was a movie. Did they have any Jodeci on there? I don't think they did. I don't think they, they did. did either. Cry for you. They could have had that. Come and talk to me. Oh my God. Come and talk to me. Could have been in it. <laughs> Why not? Man, they could have added. You know what? They it's okay. Added, You're my lady. Ooh, I love D'Angelo. <laughs> He's going to listen to this one day and be like, this girl's crazy. <laughs> I'm crazy for D'Angelo. Okay. Anyway. Um, and the next question. Um, do you think that filmmakers should kind of do a little bit of studying just on the music industry and sort of how it works on like a surface level just to sort of help them operate with their sync licensing of their own projects? Kind of just like to give them a premise of what to expect when like interacting with labels and like people that handle all this stuff. I mean, I think it's interesting to know about. I think it's interesting pressure um, for filmmakers to know about it. I don't, I don't think they need to necessarily know everything about it, especially if they don't want to be a music supervisor. That's what specializations are for. If you want to be a music supervisor, then obviously you have no choice but to learn this. As a filmmaker, director, producer, producers probably should know. If you're a producer, you probably should know something about the music licensing. Um, directors, writers, eh, if you're interested. But I think overall, someone needs to know about it, If you're whoever's involved in your project, because it's hard navigating um, and talking to labels and these are like big studios these are studio productions can imagine if you're like an independent person I don't know how they get rights to um, m- music I have no idea uh, so that I will say is independent filmmakers should know if you're an independent filmmaker I kind of should research my own stuff too because it is so I already know it's hard everybody knows it's hard to get music and projects let alone if you don't have a studio backing you with lawyers and everything so yeah, I think for independent filmmakers, yes. So long story short, have a best friend in the music industry that geeks out about the stuff anyway and gets on your nerves when you talk about it so that you don't have that problem. See, I'm I'm beneficial Helpful. sometimes. You said, see, you see that? <laughs> wait, wait. You see? What was that from? Wait. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the Lizzie McGuire movie? <laughs> no, did you? I No, I took it out the show, but before we go... I was saying that I didn't know something. Then Brandy goes, "You see, you're learning something." That what did what did she say on Lizzie McGuire? What did she say, Lizzie? Lizzie? What did she say? She was talking to Paolo. He goes, "La la la." You see? <laughs> 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 no, <laughs> you see la 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 la. You see? <laughs> you see? You know you got it. When you do the song, get a la 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 la. You see? <laughs> no, that's the only time I can do an Italian accent. Sing to me, Paolo. <laughs> she said, sing to me, Paolo. He really, he really said I can sing. She <laughs> la, 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 you sing. He, that is, Maya, don't edit this out. <laughs> People can see, this. People have to hear this. Watch the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> Watch, watch, watch the biggest, the biggest fraud. He's such on a the fraud. <laughs> Paolo from the Lizzie McGuire movie. So then you can also do your Italian accent that you can only say four words in. Oh my! That's the God. only thing I can say it in. Okay. Anyway, last question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Oh my God. <laughs> You said, you see, I thought you were talking about yourself, not Lizzie McGuire. And then 
Yeah, I guess I feel like I know this answer. It's just like a, a fun little final um, question. But do you think you prefer music and movies or television? hundred percent movies. I they just uh, they just resonate with me more. I really I've always liked TV, but I've movies. I was always into movies first. I've recently been getting into TV, and I want to say the reason is because of what I said. Of the quality of television is just so much better. I don't have the attention span to watch I, anymore. I don't have the attention span to watch 24 episode hour long binging. Like I can't do that anymore. So an hour, an episode, maybe less, 45 minutes of an eight episode uh, season, I can watch that. And it's good quality. And the music is now sitting out to me. But prior to that, always been movies. Um, And movies to this day still have that hold on me, I will say. Okay, and then to second that, I'm going to go against you and say television. I think there's a lot of movies that have, (laughs) I mean, you know, I I think there's a lot of movies that have fantastic soundtracks. I geeked about them last, you know, Purple Rain is a movie, let's not forget. But like, I think knowing that I can go back to a specific episode of a show that I remember and like watch a scene that has a song that I love, like I go back and watch like a scene in the get down that has like a Teddy Pendergrass song or has like an original song that I love. And I'll just watch that scene in close just because I want to like see that little part. And I think with movies sometimes, like I feel like I have to watch the whole thing. So maybe that's because I have the attention span of a squirrel. Maybe we should get that checked. But with that, thank you so much for being here again, Brandy. Yay, Brandy clap. Thank you for having me again. I don't know why you guys invited me back. You were a big hit. What can I say? The motive wants, you know, the motive you know, wants what the motive wants. And, you know, I, I honestly think the banter was a, was a big hit, which I'm very surprised. I'm so sorry. You guys will never see me this casual again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I'm very casual. I like to be casual for all things. I don't like to prepare. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I like to wing it. Yeah. If you can't tell that I did, <laughs> that's their that's, fault. Hey, that's fair. But yeah, thank you so much for being here. You can follow Brandy on her socials, which is in the show notes. Keep an eye out for what she's doing. If you follow me, you'll also have an idea of what she's doing because I post her a lot, honestly. And yeah, Impressions is on its way and she's doing this thing in entertainment. And I'm very happy to be a small part of that storyline. But yeah, so with that i hope you guys have a great rest of your day i hope you stay groovy and fly and mentally healed and elevated like i always say i never said the last part but it's okay and i just hope you stay groovy always bye